How would you describe what happened at uh, at the CAF Congress? How just overall, not specifically about your candidacy, especially. Well, I, I think we should be worried. We should be worried. Worried about CAF. Worried about. Worried about uh, the entrenchment in democracy in in our institution. Um, but uh, ultimately, uh, democracy prevails, and we must accept the outcome. But for us to be worried means you have picked up on something that would encroach on that democracy. And it's something that we that we will uh, raise in the in the forums. Uh, but what stands out, though? What, what, what in the main stands out? Are, are people still buying votes? Are people still buying? Those allegations uh, are still there. Yeah. What I can confirm to you is that uh, in the election in Khartoum in Sudan, mm. there was buying of votes. I can sit here and confirm that. I was a candidate and was called to a room four o'clock in the morning. I was given two envelopes. They opened it in front of me to convince me. The one is 12,000, the other one 15,000. US dollars? US dollars. They asked me to equal or better. I said, listen, I've never bribed in my life, never given or taken a bribe. I will, I'll tell you what we'll do. Tomorrow I'm going to the meeting. I'm going to make a proposal that we must auction the post and the post must go to the highest bidder. They thought I was not serious. I said, no. I will go tomorrow and I will lose. And even if I get one vote, mm. I'll be happy there's one person who vote because uh, of the merits that I presented and not because of, of a bribe. Just refused to bribe. All right. Can, can, can I ask you to just pause on that, um, Mr. Judan, because it's an important point you raise. And we've got to break away for news. We've got to say goodbye to our Metro FM listeners. And we will continue on this note because it's an important development that you're breaking to us right now because all of it before has been simply talk about now, here you are as a president of an association saying that you had two envelopes in front of you. Four o'clock in the morning. And wow. I was angry that they woke me up because I had organized uh, a session. I made a presentation. Okay. L let me ask you to stop right there. Okay. Because that is where the story will, we will pick it up straight after the news uh, bulletin as well. But thank you so much to our listeners on Metro. <laughs> Worldwide. Mr. Mamadou Gay. This is during the Bin Amman era. Mm. You remember? I told you that when Bin Amman walked in in Sudan, president came out of the room in pyjama. 
because nobody wanted to miss the brown envelope at that time people were thinking that i was just critical mm. it's catching up and even in that list the current president of CAF has his name there which which list the the list of people who were collecting brown envelope from binamam whose name is is where the pres- current president of CAF ahmad oh. his name is in that list so how come he escaped the job? That's what we say in FIFA sometimes have double standard. Mm-hmm. You see, we've seen it in the era of Blatter, and unfortunately, it's like we're going that route now with Infantino. Everybody is just concerned about his well-being and his position. Hashtag MSW. Thursdays on Radio 2000. Simulcast on Metro FM. Is Robert Roller. Always riveting radio. Well, thank you so much uh, for staying with us right here on Radio 2000. 089 is the number for later on if you are going to be taking part in our conversation. Otherwise, the WhatsApp voice notes 060-584-2250. 060-584-2250. Hashtag MSW. Hashtag Ask Danny. Danny Jordan, the president of SAFA, is here in studio with us. And as we broke away for the news, and again, apologies for that, you, you were midstream a really intriguing tale that you were telling about the bribes four o'clock in the morning, and then what happened? No, as Mahmoudou said, uh, that happened in, in Khartoum in mm. Sudan. Um, I don't know whether it's, it's happened again. I have no evidence to that effect. Mm. But I am talking about my personal uh, experience. So I can confirm that. Uh, this election, of course, I cannot confirm anything because I've not seen anything, nor do I have any evidence. But what is also clear, it's the issue of uh, our voting in the, in the bid. It appears that it was a factor mm-hmm. that South Africa did not vote in terms of the mandate that uh, Africa was given, that all African countries must vote for Morocco. Right. I was also asked by Morocco to help them in the bid because of my own experience in the bidding. They offered me to come and work with them and to help them with the lobbying and the bid process and the technical side and so on. But I said, no, I, it was not possible for me because uh, of the position that the country had taken, uh, that uh, we cannot uh, support uh, the burden. Mm. Of course, uh, that relation uh, is not something that mm. I can mend or, or that I can shape. Uh, it's really a matter mm. uh, between the two governments. Just stepping in, and I want to just quickly take you back to Khartoum and what happened in Sudan, because to me it just seems so brazen, it seems very daring, uh, that you would go to somebody's room at 4 o'clock in the morning and ask to buy their vote, and offer two very chunky brown envelopes for that. What then does Danny Jordan do? Because here is mounting evidence. You reject it outright. And, I mean, are they platforms? Are you able to report this? How, what's the next stage? No, what no, at, at that time, I think there was not a uh, an aptitude or mm. a willingness uh, in the CAF to, to deal with these issues. I think it was common knowledge that uh, these things happened and existed, mm. but uh, that that was not going to be dealt with. Now, 
we had voted for change, for new governance, and so on. So I, I believe and I accepted that mm. uh, those things are now things of the past. So I don't have any evidence that. So was the it's winner was the was the person who eventually won, the person who was distributing the the, the envelopes. At that time. At that time, correct. I don't know who distributed the yeah. envelopes because uh, when I was called, the envelopes were already there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I don't know who gave mm-hmm. the envelopes. I was just told that uh, this thing, it, it, they were so desperate, they said, okay, uh, they even give credit. They say, write a note and promise that you'll pay us because we want to vote for you because uh, we believe in your presentation mm. and, and, and your vision for what you want to do in world football. So just write a note that you will pay us after. I said, no, <laughs> I cannot do that. Because so they, they take credit also. Got to pay cash or, or credit. But, that, uh, but it's not... It's not uh, but that's crazy, though, because it's borderline crazy, but at the same time, it's criminal, because these are, uh, are then people who are elected office holders, yeah. and, and yet they are not office holders based on the merit and the kind of work that they can do, but they bind their way through into now, power. I, I think that uh, we have uh, people in FIFA with the world to deal with these matters. But FIFA have been present, especially where you were with the with, with the with the last uh, CAF Congress where you've just come back from. Hmm. They present there. Surely they can't be blind to a lot of the things that are happening behind the scenes. I, I don't. You see what happens. They'll come in in the morning of the Congress. Yeah. They will be ushered into their place. They will sit there. The meeting will continue and finish. And once the meeting is finished, they pack up and go. They left the same night. So I was also not aware of anything. And as I sit here, I'm not aware of anything. So I cannot make any allegations mm-hmm. as I sit here. But uh, I mean, Mamadou and others are, are claiming that these things are continuing. Uh, as I say, mm-hmm. I have no evidence, nor did I see anything. Uh, that suggests that there's wrongdoing. Mm. I mean, obviously, he talked about being vilified. He talked about uh, being ushered out of the Congress as well. And I'm literally touching on Mamadou for one particular purpose, because there was a notion that he was working alongside Danny Jordan. And that (laughs) is why, you know, a lot of the people felt otherwise. So I needed to just know and hear from you uh, just to clear the air, because he cleared the air. He said that he he doesn't have any working relationship with you. If you do ask for a translation where translations are not uh, afforded uh, at the Congress, then he will gladly do that. Yeah. No, I went to to Niamey. I went to Accra in Ghana first, and then I went to Abidjan. And from Abidjan, I went to Niamey in, in Niger. Uh, Mamadou was not on any of those legs. And then from uh, Niger, I went to Senegal, to Dakar. Mm. And when I came to Dakar, I met Mamadou there. Right. And I asked him what we were doing. He says, no, Foxport is a sponsor of uh, Wafu A. Mm-hmm. Now, in Niger is Wafu B and Wafu A had their tournament in Dakar. So that's where I met him. And he said, well, I'm here for, for Fox Sport. Well, and that's why when I was asked that uh, we must ban Mamadou, or I said no. In our country, we had a long history of a struggle against uh, banning, mm-hmm. and particularly the media. Even whatever the media has to say about us. And sometimes uh, the media is vicious without uh, having the evidence. 
but we will never support the position, and I will certainly not support the position, that uh, we ban uh, journalists. Uh, he must do his work, and he's there to do his work, and um, mm. it's, a, it's a CAF decision. But it's why would CAF want to go archaic and want to go dark ages, want to go into worlds where they almost feel like they are answerable to absolutely nobody, and yet they hold the lives and ambitions of African football. We failed dismally at World Cups, um, and we ask ourselves all sorts of different questions, but if they are living the life of luxury, bribing each other to hell and back, and the results are not there, we're not growing from a football perspective, surely they can't be then even starting to imagine taking journalists outside of the Congress, banning individuals, not giving them accreditation. Well, uh, that's why I say that uh, as far as uh, the media is concerned and the banning of the media is something that I will never agree to, and I said so. Mm. Uh, I don't know what specifically led to... um, Because remember, Mamadou was appointed by the current leadership to be a media expert uh, for CAF. So he was a CAF-appointed media person. Now, how he got from there to what you call to be banned, mm. I don't know what happened in, in, in between. Those. Can I quickly intervene there? Because I think some, somewhere, somehow, the appointment, and I know appointments that are made to make people quietened down. So you make an appointment, and then you believe that that person is overnight going to become a PRO of CAF. And yet we all know what an independent thinker Mamadou is. So, you, you know, I'm, I disagree with them on a number of occasions, mm. but it doesn't mean that... Um, I must hate on Mamadou or I must not invite him to come onto the platform because we disagree. And I think that's where Kef got it wrong. They probably thought the only way to shut him up, give him a position within, appoint him within, and then he'll play along to everything we do. No, but I, I think uh, they were there during the period of, of Issa Hayato. Yeah. And Mamadou was supportive when uh, Kef did things right and he was scathing when Kaf did something wrong. Uh, and I think everybody knows uh, Mamadou mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he is not asking uh, favors from anybody. Uh, he is doing his work. And sometimes it's nice when he praises you, but when he criticizes you, he's scathing. Uh, there's no half measures with him. Uh, and, and that is the individual mm-hmm. that you have to deal with. So at the time when they appointed him, they they have, it's not new people. Mm. All of them were there under Isahayatu, so they know Mamadou, they know his history, they know uh, his experience with CAF, uh, and they appointed him so they could not be surprised that he was not going to be kowtowed mm. into mm. Uh, just into being a nice accepting guy. Accepting yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Right, Paseke Litsadze obviously was asking about that. Let's hear your version of what happened at the elections, given what Mamadou Gay said. Um, Duduzi JT also says, why did Kef not have translators? Mamadou had to step in to perform a translation for him. Um, have you laid a complaint with Kef about that? Look, uh, where the process started and where I started is... Uh, with COSAFA. Mm. There are 14 countries who are members of COSAFA, the Southern African region. And COSAFA said, look, we have three candidates. We are going to call a special congress of COSAFA. We're going to invite the three of you to make a presentation. And based on your presentation and answering of questions, 
we're going to decide on one candidate and we're going to endorse that one candidate. That meeting happened. Uh, Elvis Chetty was there. He made a presentation. Uh, Walter um, Orlando was there. Mm. He made his presentation. I was there. I made my presentation. After the presentation, uh, there was a discussion and a vote. And they then, the 14 countries, one was absent, so it was 13 countries. Uh, seven countries voted to endorse me. Four voted to endorse Walter. And two voted uh, to endorse Elvis Chetty. Elvis Chetty then since had withdrawn. Mm. So they then said, we have one candidate. That's Danny Jordan. That's why I went into Africa to campaign. Mm. Walter, we didn't see him in, in Niger. He was not in the car. He was not in Tunis where I was. He only arrived about two days before the actual election. Mm. Uh, so he, he did not run any campaign. But whether he ran a campaign or not, uh, people have the right to choose and, and to vote, and they exercise their vote, and uh, they decided that uh, they're going to vote for him. Do you think that was fair, or do you think it was cooked? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that that was the the, the democratic uh, decision of, right. of, of, the, of the Congress then. But it could have been democracy happening at 4 a.m. It could have been <laughs> that kind of democracy, because if you're saying a person has not been visible, but is then the choice, because it, it's, it's easy to see the pattern. If you're seeing it as, well, anybody except Danny Jordan, and for the reasons that you've cited about the government's position in the vote for the World Cup, not to give it to Morocco. So it's anyone but Danny Jordan. Well, I, 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 um, that, uh, I'm sure that there's been many uh, views about this matter, uh, and I think the discussion will continue. Yeah. But I did say to them, the reason why I think it's important uh, to deal with the issues uh, at the level of FIFA, mm -hmm. because there are distinct threats to Africa's position in world football. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there are things in favor of African football. One of the things that I know when I was running the bid for the 2010 World Cup. One of the things that the Europeans used to tell me is that, remember, 80% of FIFA's money comes from Europe uh, and so on and so on. Now, there is a clear separation of, of world events from the period leading up to 2008 and the period post-2008. 2008, you know, was the global economic crisis. After that, you saw Turkey, Iceland, Ireland, Portugal, Spain, the economy is crumbling. So what had happened mm. is that, look at what happened after 2008. 2008, Beijing Olympics, China. 2010, South Africa. 2014, World Cup in Brazil. 2016, Olympics in Brazil. 2018, Russia. By the way, when we, I was part of the FIFA technical inspection who evaluated all the birds for 2018 mm. and 2022, and Putin was clear. He says, look, at worst, I'm part of Eastern Europe, so don't count me in Western Europe. So I'm talking about Western Europe. Uh, Putin is Eastern Europe. 2018 was Pyeongchang in South mm. Korea. Uh, 2020 Olympics will be Tokyo, and 2022 Qatar. 
So from 2008 to 2022, mm. not a single major event in Europe. Huh. Significant shift. The second thing that you have to look at, look at the sponsors. Mm. The, the Russia sponsors now, uh, it's United States, Coke, Budweiser, Visa, McDonald's, iSense, Mango, Hyundai, Wanda, Vivo, all China and Korea. And then, of course, Qatar Airways. Mm. Only one from Western Europe, Adidas. Mm. And even Adidas, if Nike uh, gets a chance tomorrow, they'll be in. So, all of a sudden, the revenue from FIFA is no longer dependent on Europe. The question is, why is it that Europe still dominates in world football? Now, one of the things that uh, needs to be looked at is UEFA has launched what they call the Global Nations League. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have, and I asked Infantino a simple question. I said, how can a continental body, one of six confederations, organize a global event of national teams bigger than FIFA's World Cup. Because the FIFA World Cup qualification mm. is uh, 211 countries. This Global League will be 220 countries. What does that mean? And they allow it? Is UEFA challenging directly what Infantino is doing? Now, it has consequences for us as the African mm. continent. Because what will happen, there are no more friendly matches against Europe. What UEFA says, we must replace these useless friendlies. Now, how can Africa close the gap that we saw in Russia between Africa and Europe in terms of competition if friendly matches are going to be outlawed? There's no more friendly matches. We played uh, Spain here. Mm -hmm. We played Germany, France the Netherlands, all of these teams, Brazil, Argentina, there will just not be program space for international friendly matches. So we have to find another way. And this is a knockout-based competition. We lose uh, in the knockout phase, you're out. It's only when it comes to the, to the league itself. Mm. And those are for the big boys. It's for Germany, Spain, United States, and so on. And they will make huge sums of money. The other danger is, can you imagine, and they say, the broadcast will be around the clock. So already you see, and uh, perhaps I must come back to talk about broadcasting and the SABC. Mm. No, no, I mean, there's, there's a great deal. And, and, and once again, I've got to apologize. We, you know, we, the interview had to start late. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, if we quickly off-ramp, just come back to some of the issues, and we are going to try. We, we'll negotiate now to get you back for the full two hours. Is is to just come back to domestic issues, and you know I'm also just looking at the hashtag uh, Ask Danny, and the biggest thing that people are talking about again. I'll take it from King Langalibalele on Twitter. It says, given that Banyana Banyana is performing very well and consistently. When is Safa fixing the gap, the pay gap between men's senior team and women's senior team? 
that that is a big challenge, not just for SAFA. Yeah. It's for the commercial environment in our country. Firstly, when did you see a live Bafana, banana match on, on, on any station? There is a must-carry provision in the Broadcast Act. Mm. The SEBC doesn't cover. Uh, banana won Kosafa Cup now. We didn't see that on TV? It was not covered. So the commercial program is linked to the broadcast. If you don't broadcast the match, there's no media return and value. And therefore... Uh, Let's deal with that, though. Mr. Yeah. President, let's deal with that because for me, I found it extremely bizarre that we have cameras galore, outside broadcast vans galore, and we can't watch our national team defending their title. They're not playing this somewhere on Robben Island. They're playing in Port Elizabeth, and we are not able have a, to see Where it. you have a regional office. And also the home of the president of SAFA. Mr. There's, Danny Jordan. There's a regional office there. No, mm. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm no, no. Context. You're, you're absolutely yeah. correct. We need to discuss the question of the SABC. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I say I don't want to be opportunistic. Perhaps you want somebody Should from, we the, do it from the SABC. Should we do it for the part yeah. two? Because I hear in my ear that uh, th we've just confirmed that we'll have a part two next week. And we'll make sure that we get JMPD to, to pick you up from Safa House to bring you here with the blue light so that by 5 No, he two, told me I must be there at quarter to 7. Uh, that, that was the wrong information. Okay, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Not I'm, a problem, not a told problem. I'm listening to my head of communication. Okay, we're going to deal with that head okay. of communication. Um, but I'm just saying overall, let's deal with the SABC yeah. next week. No. I think also maybe for, for balance and fairness, I, I don't know what angle you want to take with SABC. Uh, uh, there's been talk that they owe SAFA money and etc. So let's deal with that next week okay. if that is possible good no so you're saying that the biggest chunk of there being a non-broadcast of that tournament itself was the fact that no one was willing to lay down the money uh well uh, you have to broadcast the match yeah you see but look at women's football as a whole in this country it's not just panyana look at women's football as a whole or women's sport as a whole yeah it is a problem you know, in under apartheid, only the white woman's sport, and they were given peanuts as well. During the entire period of apartheid sport, mm. I cannot recall a single sponsor for any woman's sport during that period. Things have not changed. Things have not changed. And yet, the majority of the population are women. Mm majority of those who spend money in all of the shops and buy all of the products are women. And perhaps women must say, no, we must give credit to Sasso, who has stood to Banyana. But more importantly, there are so many of Banyana players who have degrees, who have master's degrees, mm -hmm. who are at 11 at the universities in, in, in the United States, uh, they have done tremendously well. And, and that's why we appointed our three coaches, our women coaches, mm -hmm. uh, Shorties and P.Y.S. Ludlu. It's a graduate. She's highly educated, very intelligent, and a very successful coach. And it just shows, I mean, I read an article this the other day that, that women coaches are technically more smart than men. Uh, I don't know whether you saw this thing, but, mm -hmm. but they are not given... They're dues, and we agree.
and with the professionalization of the game in, in, in South Africa? We, are, we hope that, that at least uh, that that would help. And that's why we emphasize to, to the women uh, that go and get your qualifications so that's life beyond your, your playing career. And most of them uh, have qualifications now, academic qualifications. They're far more educated than, than our male, uh, their male co counterparts. But uh, the, the industry to which they have contributed over so many years mm. must seriously take this question to say, we can create just so many jobs by appointing them as coaches. Uh, I hope that when the league comes about, we can appoint more of them as administrators and, and other positions in women's football. So the professional league kicks in when? Um, Soon. Ooh. We are looking at, at probably March, April next year because we Ria Ludwaba has gone through the whole country. We said you must go there and uh, we are having a, a national executive meeting mm. uh, on the, the day before the, the match against Seychelles where she will submit a report and will take a final decision and announce it uh, to the, the the public. All right, hashtag ask Danny. Uh, Undabe Ramukwela says, interesting how Danny Jordan analyzes the control that Western Europe still wants to maintain in world football, uh, even when they are out of most of the World Cup sponsorship. That is a very, very serious threat. Now, another one also, hashtag ask Danny James Kamapigwa. It's almost says, uh, I'll take the second part of his questions. Why is Bafana Bafana a Joburg and Durban team? Why we never get any games in Cape Town and the Eastern Cape as this is a national team? Well, you know, we were asked that question last year. Why is it a Limpopo team? Because uh, we played many matches in Limpopo. Uh, Certainly, we'll play in Cape Town, or, or we have not played in Port Elizabeth, my hometown. Mm -hmm. uh, we played last there against um, Cote d'Ivoire uh, many, many years ago. There is this demand, but uh, we will take that into account. On the other hand, uh, Neil Tovey is making a very strong argument mm -hmm. that Bafana Bafana must have one home ground, and that's FNB. I was going to ask that. I was going to say, what's the coach saying? What's your technical department The technical saying? people said home ground means that you, you, you build a fortress in one stadium. Mm. But, of course, we can distinguish between uh, official matches, qualification of AFCON and World Cup, and friendly matches. And friendly matches uh, we can take outside. We will have the Nelson Mandela Centenary Celebration match the Albertina Sisulu match and the Winnie Mandela match uh, because we had agreed just before, about a week before uh, she passed away yes. uh, with her that we will uh, launch uh, an annual event uh, in her name. Uh, and she was very happy mm. uh, that uh, Banyana will, will, will honor her. All right. And the same with um, Albertina Sisulu. Okay, I'll be a mess if I didn't ask this, and and it's and I'm glad your head of communication is here, uh, so that if he might need to answer it, he'll answer it. But yeah. there have been many tweets that have come through, mm. um, and in the age of social media, Ice Tally Mamba says, "Why is the administrator of the Twitter handle at Safa blocking everyone who speaks the truth? What are his views?" 
on the Bafana decline. But firstly, the first part of the question. No, no one has the right to block anybody. I am not aware of it this year. I will raise it with him. Because uh, you cannot, in an organization like SAFA with 3.2 million members, mm. uh, want everyone to d- agree, have a, a single viewpoint. That's not the organization that we want to build. So they have a right to, to disagree. Um, so would they be unblocked if, if that n- comes to that? Uh, well, if they have been blocked, uh, and uh, I suppose he l- is listening, yeah. uh, that cannot happen. There can't be uh, people being blocked. So I will raise it with him. Okay. Uh, the, the question of, of Banyana, uh, Bafana's decline, decline. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I have the, uh, the, I've asked for the list of our teams that went to the, the World Cup under 15, under 17, under 23. I'll leave it with you. Right. Because one thing that I've asked them, look at those players. We've been in the under-15 World Cup, under-20 World Cup, under-23 Olympics. When do we see the beginning of the renewal? I had a meeting with uh, our technical staff and with uh, SAFCA. And one of the things that they said is that we have the theoretical uh, positions clear on uh, the playing philosophy, uh, but we do not have an integrated technical authority. And so I said to them, we cannot have SAFA and a voice outside, like SAFCA, Mm -hmm. speaking on technical matters. Our constitution, Article 45, is clear that there must be a single committee. So I want you to sit down, and next week, Thursday, we have a follow-up meeting to bring about that single technical authority so that we have a single vision and an integrated path for implementation. And some of the things that we dealt with, and I said, uh, we have to look at bringing more junior competitions at under 11, 13, mm-hmm. 15. Uh, Hyde Park, uh, Hoy Park in Durban is an example. They ran trials at under 11, 13, 15, and 17, and 19. Mm-hmm. And the incredible juniors that come through, uh, you know, when they were in Portugal, four of their players were signed. So we do have the quality, but why are they not coming through? And that is the question. Perhaps you should bring them here. Mm-hmm. I will tell them they must come. Uh, a joint delegation of SAFCA and our technical people so that they can tell you that there's an integrated uh, structure to implement, and that is uh, what we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at France, you look at even Iceland, uh, we are addressing the issues. We, we have a high number of coaches now. Mm. The country with the highest uh, or lowest player-coach ratio is Iceland. We had 200 players per coach. Germany has 20 players per coach. Iceland is even lower. So it's very clear, and even if you go to a classroom, if you have a class of 200, 300 in your class, it's very difficult. If you're going to specialize teaching, then you must have smaller classes. So we need more coaches. And they then argued about the quality. It's not just that we're giving you a certificate, but the relevance of the education content, of coach education, and whether it is geared to what we want to produce. 
in terms of style of play uh, and all the other requirements. Uh, Be- because it's, it's kind of generated a, a conversation when we had Desiree Ellis coming through the other day with mm-hmm. the trophy. And, you know, people start talking about the comparisons of Bafana Bafana versus Banyana, the inroads that have been made by Banyana as opposed to Bafana Bafana. I mean, it was quite interesting. I'll get your comment. Marawa Sports Worldwide. Coach. Well, we are the champions of mm-hmm. Kusafa, Robert, but the fans, oh my God, they were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. They were really our 12th player. Yeah. The fans were amazing. I remember when I came on as a sub, they were making noise. I was like, I need to perform. I think they've mentioned it three times now. This whole Bafana Bafana comparison and I looked at your expression the last time you kind of pulled a face. They cannot compare us with Bafana Bafana. I'm just saying. You're on a different level. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Hashtag NSW. Obviously a wise thing not to say anything. Great player that. Overall, and uh, just a quick reaction on what has been said here on the show. King freaking Dalinjebo says, well, the person who handles this software Twitter account has blocked almost all of us. He will not unblock us even after this. Uh, Sia says, hey, I was also blocked on Twitter. <laughs> that guy must unblock us. Tell us where he stays. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a decision has been made. It's been taken here on the show. That it, it's something that should not be happening. It is not allowed. So those people will be unblocked. And people keep sending me their screen grabs of you are blocked from following Safa. So that is a problem. And we, we will make sure that it, it, it actually works out. Given your vision, Mr. President, of football and where you want it to be and the concerns around Bafana Bafana and knowing at some stage that, you know, a person like Carlos Kirosh was within the radar of being gotten to come and coach. F- matching your vision to the coaching personnel, do we have the right Bafana Bafana coach in place right now? Well, um, we, we have a coach that We, we have a coach that we thought understood and had an appreciation of uh, the players in South Africa, mm. had international experience of being in Europe and coached there, and that uh, he was the right coach uh, to, to take Bafana. What, of course, is the, the, the current issue that simultaneously he must build the next generation of Bafana uh, team. And that's why uh, we said that uh, he must look at the players that has come through under 17, 20, under 23, and many other young players. We have a high number of players now playing in Europe, as I've indicated, or those who, who are already there, like mm-hmm. Tabot Kaila and them. Uh, Hoy Park just added another four players uh, playing in Portugal. They must go and follow up the, these players, uh, but we have to fix the technical side in terms of speaking with one voice, sharing one vision, and in terms of implementation, mm-hmm. have a common, united approach uh, in terms of what is it that must be done. And that conversation, uh, we hope to conclude next week, Thursday, and maybe in your second half of the show next week, Thursday, we should bring them all here yeah. so that they can explain to the, the, the public uh, what has been done and what is being done in terms of delivering the team for 2022 World Cup. Uh, that that uh, qualification is, com- is coming about. 
The other thing that I think we have to look at is this uh, notion of playing a second and sometimes a third string team in Kosafa Cup. Mm-hmm. Because what it does, it's taken into account in our ranking uh, in, in, in FIFA competitions. Uh, we've asked FIFA that if there is a global Nations League, then that should be run by FIFA. There's only one global body, and that's FIFA. Uh, and we will support that notion. Um, we will not support the idea that Europe must colonize football uh, again. Mm-hmm. So they've lost it uh, through the global economic crisis in, in, in 2008, and now there is another scheme to, to regain that strength uh, in, in, in terms of uh, global football. But in order to, to get there, we should improve our ranking. Yeah. And therefore, whether it is a Kosafa competition or a friendly competition, we must win it, and the fans want it. So there must be consistency uh, of selection, and that's a matter that we'll sit down and discuss uh, with the PSL. Of course, there's another matter that we have to discuss with the PSL, uh, and the PSL must also understand the the global pressures on on the PSL already in, in this country. Mm-hmm. There is La Liga, there's the English Premier League, uh, Deutsche Fußball Bund mm-hmm. want to come. There are other uh, products of football that want to come in South Africa. And the South African broadcasters are quite happy to embrace everybody. Unlike in England, you're not going to get our matches in England. You must forget about it. Mm-hmm. Or in Denmark or Norway or Sweden. They protect their local product. But here we find uh, even our national broadcaster is not promoting national football. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go too far on this matter. As we right. said, I want it uh, to be a discussion when, sure. when they are present. Uh, but certainly it's a serious disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You must know that in terms of sponsorship and broadcast revenue, Sponsors sponsor an event or a competition. So the money is allocated for Banyana, for Banyana's matches, uh, for Burger King, for under-17, under-19 competitions. The only so-called free money is broadcast money. Mm-hmm. Now, if the broadcast money diminishes, and in our case reduces from $150 million to $10 million, you can see the implication. Is that what it diminished from in terms of broadcasting? Yes. Or, or just your overall coffers? This is the, the offer that we received from the SABC. So uh, it, 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 it was at some point $150 million. $110 million was the last. Yeah. We, we gave an offer of $200 million. Rugby gets $2.8 billion over five years. Cricket, $1.24 billion. That is, that football, is must, football must get 50 million. Under apartheid, when SABC was under apartheid, used to get 37 million. Mm. Hmm. It's it, it just unthinkable. And when we say... But where, where do you think it's going wrong? Is, 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 is football... Okay. I know what happens in boardrooms versus what happens on the field is two different things. And what potentially sponsors would look for is image, etc., 
is football the right image? Is football projecting the right image to say, are we okay. able to be? Let me, let me say this to you. Uh, SABC pays $15.8 million for broadcast. Right. That's 150, almost 200 million. Mm -hmm. They pay 10 million in our own country. And I can give you the other stats. Mm -hmm. So then when we debate these issues, we will see there is no rational explanation. And so we said there is a must carry uh, imposed responsibility on on SAFA. Mm -hmm. You say, okay, you don't want us. Let's go to the government to say, release us of this obligation because we're sitting with offers oh. from uh, outside broadcasters in Europe and elsewhere who want to buy our product and pay us in dollars. So, so what's the stumbling block for me? Go to the government and say this uh, provision mm -hmm. that all Bafana matches, matches of national, of public interest must be on free to air, lift that provision. Say it doesn't apply to South African football because it doesn't apply to anybody, it only to football. Mm -hmm. Or pay us. But you can't have both. Okay. I think we're setting up very nicely for next week because yeah. we will have the SABC. We'll definitely invite them to come through, uh, have this discussion. I can see it's something you feel very, very passionately about. Let, let's, let's touch on, again, and I'm highlighting because we've gone through all the, the hashtag Ask Danny tweets. So we're just grouping them now mm. into the most frequently asked questions. So one of them is obviously based on an utterance that you made at the time and a promise that I suppose you made at the time. So I'll read it off one of the tweets. Okay. Fanon Boy MCV says, Ask Danny, how far are the plans uh, for the Senzo Meiwa statue? Yeah, uh, that, that commitment is still there. But you know, what we thought was a matter that's going to be closed, it's not closed today, as I sit here. Mm. It's still an open wound, that question. And uh, we will go back to the family to say, look, because they wanted closure. Right. Uh, the matter is not closed. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that this matter is not closed, mm is still an open wound, is this your wish? Then we will proceed. But we had hoped when we made the announcement, we had understood that maybe this thing has been solved. It's years now. Mm. But, but in terms of just the promise itself? No, that promise is still there. Is we, it still there? Our commitment is, yeah. is still very clear. Because the, the, I think the, the perpetrators of the murder, the killers of Senzo Meiwa have not been apprehended Yes. But Senzo Meiwa will always remain a person who sadly has passed on and yeah. never will be back with us uh, in this world. And regardless of whatever. So if if the promise is made, and also bearing in mind that the one person who's suffering the most right now is his father. And if something happens to him and he's no longer around to even live to see that statue being erected, yeah. wouldn't that be a chance missed. You see, a statue is like a tombstone. Mm. Rob, you, you go to the, the grave side, you put the coffin, you cover it, and once you put the tombstone there, it's closed, it's finished. That's the final sign of closure. Mm. 
if it is the father's wish that notwithstanding the fact that this matter is still unresolved, let's uh, continue with the, the statue and unveil it, we'll do so. But we will consult him. Uh, I will g- give him a call, and if that is his wish, we'll do so. Smanga says, why didn't you appeal the decision against Bafana Bafana versus Senegal? Um, was the ref bribed? Well, you see... Or did you bribe the ref? I think yes. Look, we, we won that match. Then FIFA brought to our attention that there was betting on the match mm-hmm. and that the, the spikes in the betting seemed to coincide with the decisions of the referee. So it means that some people had prior knowledge that at that time there would be this penalty. And FIFA said to us, and we debated, we we called a special meeting of the executive. Mm -hmm. And the majority view was, look, if we need to qualify for the World Cup, under a cloud that this may be a bribery and a corrupt decision, uh, then we should rather agree to replay the match. Uh, and that is was the decision to say, yes, it'd be wonderful. We have three points. We were mm. top of the log, but this thing will always be there. They qualified because they bribed. And we were not involved at all. And we said to them, you sit there in the suite or in the stand, you watch the match. The betting goes on on the computer in Singapore. You don't know. The report we got after the match, and FIFA uh, showed us uh, the, the spikes in the betting, and we said, look, if this is the case, we will agree, because this would set a precedent so that everybody in the world must know that if there is a betting spike tied to a decision, FIFA should investigate and and call a replay. Uh, It was an unprecedented uh, decision Mm -hmm. because normally the referee's decision is final. But we said you cannot have something that's linked to corruption and say the decision is final. In all other cases on the rules of the game, we will uh, support the position that the referee's decision is final. In this case, it was not a violation of the rules of the game, mm-hmm. but rather something that happened uh, miles away from South Africa uh, in a betting syndicate office that we had no knowledge of. And FIFA accepted that neither Senegal or South Africa had no knowledge of uh, what was happening in the betting environment. But obviously, as we, as we wrap up, and I want to talk about the potential uh, bidding of another um, FIFA event for South Africa. I'm not too sure if this has gone out, but we, I'm going to touch on this. But on a personal level, and I'm looking again, and we're taking the most popular uh, you know, tweets about them, has to do with you, Danny Jordan, saying, mm. when does Danny Jordan consider retirement in terms of leadership of the beautiful game? Well, um, that is the decision of our members. And I said to them that... Uh, in the exact uh, words, sorry, of Joshua. He says, please ask Danny, when is he passing the stick or resigning or retiring, is, is what others are saying. Well, you see that uh, I was not here. We had Gay Maquena as the acting president. Uh, that next layer of leadership is here. Uh, 
Mm. Uh, the last time I appointed Riyadh Dwaba as acting president, we are making plans to make sure that there is continuity in leadership in South African football. We are a big federation, mm. not just on the continent, in the world. When you go to anywhere in the world, you talk about uh, South African football. Um, this country uh, has great respect and admiration throughout the world. And uh, we must ensure that there's not a disruption in the leadership. But ultimately, it's the members' decision mm. as to who should lead South African football. But in, in talking about leadership, the was it the CEO position? You had to sort of extend the contract, if I understand it. In, in March, it was due to come to an end. Yeah. And then it was extended. What is the position? Is was I think end of the month? Yeah, end of October is when it then comes to an end, end of again. October. It comes to an end of the month. Uh, end of I will get a report from yeah. Gay McQuenna. I asked him during the period of my absence that he should start discussions with uh, the CEO mm -hmm. uh, and give us a report uh, next week when we meet uh, to see what is the position. But uh, his contract uh, has come to an end. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, What's we the feeling? What's the sense I, of, of him continuing? What does what does Danny Jordan want? Does he want Dennis Mumble to continue being the CEO? Well, I've given that responsibility to Gay McQuenna, and he will give mm -hmm. us a report. Obviously, if we didn't want him, we would not ask Gay McQuenna to engage in talks with him. Uh, so uh, I don't know what transpired in those discussions. Uh, I'll get the feedback. I'm meeting him mm -hmm. tomorrow. What would be good for football, though? A new CEO, new ideas? What for you sounds exciting? No, but you, and, you and made the point that yeah. uh, it is time that we prepare for renewal in South African mm -hmm. football, um, and we accept that. And even uh, Dennis Mumble will accept that. Do we have a Bafana Bafana assistant coach? Uh, you must ask uh, Neil Tovey. Uh, what, what do you know in terms no. of the the assistant coach position? I have not met them. As I indicated to you, I was mm. out for a number of days. I came back yesterday. Uh, I must still get uh, updated. I'm meeting with Gay tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and then I'll be able to tell you. Um, right. Sorry. Before, <laughs> there's so many um, tweets and things coming through. FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Um, is SAFA, South Africa, putting up their hands in terms of hosting the event? We, we have written a letter to express an interest. You know, if you look at uh, Germany, uh, 2006 they hosted the World Cup, mm -hmm. and 2011 they hosted the Women's World Cup. United States in 94 hosted the, the Men's World Cup, in 1999 hosted the Women's World Cup. Uh, and so uh, this is been uh, the trend. We have the infrastructure in place uh, and therefore we will see what are the bidding requirements. Uh, from our perspective, mm -hmm. we wanted our increase in membership. We said we want one million women footballers by 2022. We have 456,000 women footballers. We have uh, 680 women administrators. We have five women on the national executive, one vice president is a woman, mm -hmm. and next year we want a woman national league. That woman's team, we said, must go to Ghana and qualify for the World Cup 
next year, 2019, June in, in France. And then in 2023, it would be the second World Cup. And if we can host it, I think we'll have a team uh, that can compete and will not mm -hmm. drop out in the first round in the World Cup at home. So that is the overall plan for women's football. Love it, Danny Jiran. Thank you so much for coming through. And um, just quickly promise our listeners so that it's not coming from me, but it's coming from you about next week Thursday. Well, you and the and the communication officer made the deal, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll abide by your deal. So you'll be back six o'clock, quarter to six next uh, week Thursday. Okay, quarter to six. I also want because I think it's an important for, for the SABC to be present. Yeah, the SABC yeah. can be yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, we've not talked about any of the, our other programs. No, there's a lot. That's why I'm saying that we, we need the time with you. And there was a lot from my side, but we'll discuss it. We'll discuss we'll it. We'll clear your chest next and week. We'll clear the chest next week. Thanks okay. so much. No Thanks good. so much, President, Thanks. President of the South African Football Association, joining us right here on hashtag MSW.